like our relationship is meant for something more than than just our intimacy. Like mm-hmm. God has called us as a couple to advance his kingdom. And when we're on mission together, we connect and our intimacy is so much greater. Like you said, it fuels passion and we're both being changed mm-hmm. and becoming more Christ-like. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. This is Sean Stover. We're on the special Married People Edition 3. We have talked about laughing in your marriage and living a healthy lifestyle. In this third session, we're going to talk about how to love well, how to stay connected to your spouse, how to increase the efficacy of your connection with your spouse, how to make it as strong as you possibly can. And we've got a few different things to discuss there. I've been joined by my wife, Christina. Hello, that was a big word. Efficacy. Efficacy. I know, yeah. I thought that was impressive. Like, yes, man. his PhD is coming man, through. That's impressive. Dr. Stover. Right. Dr. Stover, welcome um, Taylor and Austin Halsey again. So glad. Thanks for joining us on these podcasts. Hey, I'm the host. I do oh, the yeah. welcome. Okay, well, so we're glad to be here. So thanks. <laughs> All right. Thanks Taking over his Let's show. Let's do it. So anybody have any initial impressions based on the session? Yeah, I will chime in here. Um, <laughs> I just really loved um, this, honestly, this entire um, teaching. I think that, man, I kind of got emotional watching it back, um, watching the the live of it back, just because I feel like all of it was so important and so mm-hmm. valuable um, to, to set your marriage up for success. Um, we're going through, Austin and I are going through a study um, by Francis Chan right now, and he brought up a good point of how it should be um, alarming to us about um, how how marriage isn't as successful as it should be mm-hmm. at times, um, specifically in as Christians. It should be something that really bothers us. And um, yeah, so I feel like this Sunday really struck me as so full of really, really good things to implement to, mm-hmm. to really set your marriage up for success. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. So there's three kind of topics that we covered, and one of them was creating safety so that you could connect Mm -hmm. and having an environment where everybody feels like there's this openness that can lead to intimacy. That's what safety does. Any thoughts on safety? Well, I think sometimes when you don't really understand what what a verbiage is of safety, like the word safety, sometimes I know it was a new concept to me, so we kind of have to go into what it isn't. Criticism, judgment, sarcasm you know, different things that make people feel unsafe. But then once you define that, then you can go into, okay, what is safety? And then you can dive into the Word of God where it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run to it, and they are safe. So we know that our God is safe, Jesus is safe, and therefore He wants us to be safe people to this fallen world. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, especially with the goal of safety leading to openness and intimacy. Obviously, in marriage, I mm-hmm. want us to share an intimacy um, that is unmatched in right. this world, uh, just like I have in my relationship with the Lord. And so in order to create safety, it's important for me to know, like you're saying, what yeah. what I'm doing wrong that's not safe, that right. isn't allowing Taylor or other people um, to open up to me, uh, to be vulnerable mm-hmm. uh, if I'm not approachable. Well, because safety, you can be safe with other people and intimate with other people, and that's where it can always always be dangerous 
with that intimate connection with other people. And I think it's very important that you address it and that your spouse is your first person that makes you feel safe. Yeah. I visited with a guy this week that asked me the question, which dovetailed with last week, was about self-awareness and asking questions. And he said, hey, tell me what it's like when you first interact with me. Like, what's your first impression of me? And he was really interested to know the answer because he felt like he put people off with his initial, you know, his, his nonverbals, the mm -hmm. way, the intensity of his personality. And so he honestly wanted to know. And, uh, you know, sure enough, that first impression from him was, it did feel unsafe. Mm -hmm. And it was good to have that conversation and be able to talk that out with him because we want to be aware. Uh, because when people feel safe, just good, good things happen. I remember a story when uh, Taylor was was much younger. You must have been, you know, six, seven years old. And I was at work one day, and I heard a little knock at my door. And there was uh, some people that worked with me in the office, and and so we were just kept meeting. And I heard a little knock again, and and we finally opened the door, and you were standing there, and your face was all bloody. And uh, I was like, what in the world happened? And you were like, I wrecked my bike. And uh, so I, I held you and you started crying and we, we got to the bathroom and started washing your face off. And I was like, well, where did you have the wreck? And by the time you explained where it was, it was literally a quarter of a mile to half a mile away. And I was like, why, what, what happened? How did you get here? You go, well, I, I was walking back and these cars kept coming by and I would have to hide behind a tree because I was embarrassed because <laughs> I knew I, I was bleeding and I didn't look good. And uh, so I, I just picked you up and we and held you and you started talking a little bit later and you said, I just, I knew I could come here because I would be safe. And uh, I've blown it as a dad many times, as you know, with my tone and, and creating unsafe environments. But the reality is when when we're hurting, we look mm -hmm. for safe places, right? Yeah. We, we know instinctively where those are. And for our marriage to be that place is something that we should all strive for. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think especially in creating a home, like in a mm -hmm. marriage, uh, you guys shared in in this Sunday what it looked like to create a, a safe home for, mm -hmm. for your kids, but even your kids' friends that right. come over and hang out who don't yeah. have that at home yeah. and are willing to talk through things mm -hmm. with you that they're not willing to talk through even in their own home. So for us, I know Taylor and I are very passionate about people and we want we want to be hospitable. And so for us to create a home that is safe too, just because of our relationship is key. Right. That's good. Y'all do that well with the community group you host and the different things. We used to have a lot of people and be real hospitable. We created that safe environment. A lot of kids kept showing up and I finally got tired of it because they ate so much. <laughs> so I learned that if I gave them work projects when they came over, like, hey, I need somebody to go weed that or mow the yard over there or somebody clean the pool. And the numbers started dwindling. They stopped coming around and yeah, <laughs> our grocery bill, bill went down quite a bit. So yeah, so we want to create safety in our marriage. The second thing we discussed that connects us is just the ability to communicate. Right. Two sides to that, being able to listen well and be able to speak with encouragement. And uh, you hear frequently when people talk about marriage problems and issues and things that are causes, causing crisis in their marriage, they don't know how to resolve conflict and they don't know how to communicate. Uh, it is a critical piece in the puzzle of doing marriage well and, and loving each other well. I think communicating and having expectations on what are you communicating to connect? Or are you communicating to fix? That's a big one for us. Mm -hmm. For a lot of years, it was, I wanted to communicate to connect. I love to stay connected to people. And so that's an expectation. And I think that's where I kept having them on you, Sean, for a lot of our years of marriage, 
that you should just have this expectation of understanding what I need, what I'm thinking, instead of just verbalizing it of what I really, it's it's not even that I need you to fix it. I just want to stay connected to you. It's very important to me for that, yeah. I think for us, um, communication has been something we've had to work on a lot mm-hmm. in being married. Um, and one of the biggest things kind of that very from the get-go that we kind of saw was I typically in communicating through conflict would just get really angry very quickly. Um, and that would either lead to me raising my voice or saying really <laughs> hurtful things, which is interesting because if you know me, I'm actually a pretty reserved person. So it was pretty startling whenever <laughs> I would get so worked up. Um, but I think the biggest thing for us in in conquering that was, one, Austin pointing that out and, and helping me address that. But then, two, kind of understanding where that comes from. And, you know, it was coming from a place of because I can be so passive, I get frustrated when I'm, when I'm not being heard fully right. or correctly. And so I would instead, I guess, for some reason, I thought if I raised my voice or if I was more passionate um, that I would be heard when in reality that was, that was not the case at all. Right. Well, I think, too, communication, if we can learn to do it when there's not a conflict or not crisis, that's where it's, man, if the, we just, we get into conflict and then we don't know how to communicate. And so we, Sean and I do a lot of, of counseling and we try to tell these couples, man, learn to communicate when there's no conflict because you're going to have conflict. And these premarital people, you know, that were like, we'll never have conflict. They look, well, I love you, you know, whatever. And we just kind of slide our our telephone number to them because you will. It's inevitable. You're you're getting into a relationship. So I think it's important to how you communicate, what's your reason for communicating. And then when you come from two separate homes where, you know, communication was a, they they did communication or one, the house wasn't a communicative house. So I think it's, you blend those two and try to figure out how to have that. Yeah, communicating through conflict. And uh, Taylor, you were talking about raising your voice and getting passionate. And uh, what was that like for you, Austin? I mean, when she would get like that, how did y'all get to the other side of that? <laughs> well, it took, I mean, I had to be honest for a while. I, I wasn't, I wasn't communicating clearly on my side that, mm-hmm. hey, that doesn't, that, that form of communication doesn't come across well to me, and that hurts me. I wasn't willing to even communicate that clearly, so it took me being vulnerable and open to be able to tell her that. And then um, I think to get through it, I mean, we just had to continue to to be honest. When I was hurting, like, hey, this is what you're doing, and that hurts, and then she is able to realize, oh, okay, that's not healthy. That's not yeah. how I want to communicate because you're not doing it to hurt me. It was just a part of... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your natural, I don't know. Yeah, well, you, but I think it goes back to the the safety piece. Mm-hmm. You know, like we both had to. You had to feel um, safe enough to be honest and vulnerable with me, and I had to be safe enough to know with you that you weren't judging me mm-hmm. or um, resenting who I was. Um, so we had again. You had to have that safety element in there. Um, that was, I think, a big thing. A key word, I think, you said vulnerable. That's what scares people, to be vulnerable, to open your heart up to somebody else is is a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's my tendency to, I mean, emotionally shut down. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, you've hurt me. That's okay. I'll right. just deal with it. I'll shove, mm-hmm. shove it down and deal with it later. Um, so that was also unsafe for her if I was shutting down or running away or avoiding any, any sort of conflict. That's so. good. 
it's easy for us. We we did it here to when we think about communication, we we jump in and we're vulnerable and honest about the fact that man, we blow it in the way we speak quite a bit. <laughs> the 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 thing that we don't want to miss in communication is that listening is so incredibly important and taking the time uh, to pause and hear somebody out and working on being a better listener. It's a skill that we that we can develop. I'm looking at you, Taylor, because. You know, I've watched with my dad and his hearing issues and his inability to hear things going on in his world and how much he feels disconnected from what's going on around him. And I know that you have to have help with hearing and your hearing aids. And um, not that that has specific relevance in marriage, other than it has to highlight for you just the value of of listening, mm-hmm. right? And, and being in the right posture to, to really be able to see somebody and hear somebody when they're talking. Absolutely. I think listening is a huge key because I I think it's just, it's a beautiful thing, like yeah. the ability to listen well. Um, and then that comes into when you when you're listening to your spouse, like they can communicate something with you, and it's okay if you all you say is something encouraging back of, mm-hmm. "Wow, thank you for thank you for sharing that." You know, maybe you guys are just trying to figure out this communication piece out or this safety peace out. That's okay. You can start with something small of listening and then just responding with a little piece of encouragement. Um, I think it'll go a long way to help create um, this environment well. In well, and listening and then being heard. Mm-hmm. They, go, they go simultaneously. I know we, Sean and I had a, the same conflict for 10 years the, the same conflict, 10 years. It would come in cycles. It, you know, at first it was every six months, and then it would be every three months, and then it would go a year. And we went to a marriage intensive, and I finally felt heard. Mm-hmm. Like, he would listen to me those 10 years, and he would intently listen and kind of show care and compassion and empathy, kind of, but not really, not enough to where I felt cared for fully. But then we sat there and just walked through every detail of it, and that's when I finally felt heard. So I think there's a two components in listening. Listening to understand, which is very amazing, and then and then feeling heard, which is still part of that understanding. That's a great point. I think that that move from just hearing to actually showing care and right. compassion and communicating that in a way uh, is what we're looking for. We're looking for places. If you if you look at social media, it is all about wanting to be heard and people desperately wanting people to, to see you or to hear about you or hear about your day or hear whatever it is or like what's going on in your life. And we're longing for that right. sense of affirmation and acknowledgement. And we can be that. As Christians, that's what we're called to do. We're called to be that not on social media. We're called to be that in genuine ways in people's lives and really show up for them in a way that they feel heard and cared for and understood. And honestly, we can do that with our words and by speaking encouragement. Sometimes we can just do that with our presence and being willing to to pause and hang out with somebody that's in a difficult place. So we talked about safety and we talked about communication and then we kind of shifted toward the end into vision and this mm-hmm. thought of, you know, a shared vision, this this ability to look out and both be going in that direction uh, as a couple and how that unites people in their marriage and gives them something that, that you know, increases the ability for passion to flow and discipline to happen and change to occur. Um, how's vision played out in your marriages? And vision, I am so passionate about vision for, I mean, <laughs> love it. just because I, without vision, people perish, yeah. uh, it says in the Proverbs. And so 
for us, it was something that we wanted to be as a key part of our marriage. So we made a, a mission statement as we were uh, before we were getting married, but as we were in, engaged, and um, we always want to have that before us because we want to yeah. know like our relationship is meant for something more than than just our intimacy. Like mm-hmm. God has called us as a couple to advance His kingdom, and when we're on mission together we connect and our intimacy is so much greater. Like you said, it fuels, it fuels passion and change even in our, our relationship. When we're on mission together, we're both being changed and mm-hmm. becoming more Christ-like in our character. Y'all believed in it so much that y'all oh, actually yeah. tattooed it on your arms, which I <laughs> love so much, which y'all did on your honeymoon. So that we I, did. I yeah. It. Don't necessarily recommend, but <laughs> I mean. Me either, by the way, as the dad. Yeah. But if you're super passionate about your core values, <laughs> just get it on your body. I love it. Well, you had it at your wedding too, which I thought was amazing. Yes. I think if you go back to that, if you have that, and I know that your mission statement, I know ours has changed over the years. Which is why we don't have it tattooed. Oh. Uh, That's fair. Well, okay. there's been a general, there's a general underlying of it. But I, what it's saying is if you stay on it, because right now, Y'all have an, an eight-month-old, mm-hmm. and so part of your vision necessarily didn't say and have babies, but it was, you know, to serve and to show hospitality. And and Taylor, you are serving as a mom, and so that probably when you said it and wrote it, you weren't thinking serve mm-hmm. my children. And so I think that each stage of your life, it can it will read a little bit differently. For sure, yeah. When you guys got married, uh, Christina did change her mission statement to be a grandma. So she's very <laughs> thankful that, that, that you guys made that happen in yeah. her life. Yeah, these this idea of having core values that you rally your team around, you rally your marriage around, you ra- rally your family around, and then they they become a funnel and a filter for the decisions that you make and, yeah, and how you do filter, things. Yeah is really critical and, and important because the world is out there to divide us. The enemy wants to rob and kill and destroy and tear us apart. And there are just a few simple things that can pull us together. And that's what this whole section on love this last week was about, was the connection that comes from feeling safe with each other so that vulnerability and openness and intimacy can happen. The connection that happens when we listen well, show compassion and care and and speak with encouragement. And then this there, the, the connection that happens when we have a vision mm-hmm. and some core values. And yeah. I love that the intentionality of that because that's mm-hmm. the other thing, man. You can just drift in yeah. marriage. You can get off track and um, what's intentionality look like in marriage? What would you? What suggestions would you give to people? And for us, intentionality is con- self awareness. A lot of the time, it's like, mm-hmm. what are we growing in, and mm-hmm. what do we need? What are we not doing well in? So, I think for us to to continue to come back and be self aware and to be intentional of what we're doing and what we're on mission for as a couple is really important for us. I mean, even in three years, I feel like we've had so many conversations of continuing to come back to this is what our life is about and Mm -hmm. this is what we want our life to be about and we're going to be intentional. And Mm -hmm. because we're being intentional about what we want our life to be about, we're going to be intentional about what our relationship needs to look like. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I think when you think of intentionality, you I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think time. So, but I think not necessarily that, but I think for our marriage, intentionality go back to making our marriage the priority. Mm-hmm. Like right now, 
I'm really off balance with work and our marriage. I don't, you would probably say I haven't been intentional with our relationship right now. And so that's where we have to keep going back to, man, this is the most important relationship on earth, a marriage. I mean, and then it goes, you know, well, it's Jesus and then it's marriage and then it's your children. And that's some, that's really hard for some people to understand that your marriage is before even your kids. And you've done a really great job of helping me see that if our marriage is strong and successful and we're pouring into it, it's going to make our kids feel safe. So that's where I feel like it's just such a good equation is the Lord, your marriage, and then your children. And it's become such a kid-centered world. I mean, you name it, and kids, are they run the show. They run, they dictate the calendar, they dictate, you know, time. And so I think the intentionality is keep pointing to your marriage, whether that's time, effort, all of it. That's really good. As we're kind of getting toward the end of our time, and uh, that was a great tip to leave people with, Chris, was to, to be intentional with prioritizing mm-hmm. your marriage. If you're listening to the Married People Love Part 3 podcast, you are probably pretty intentional about your marriage. So yes, we are glad exactly. that you're listening, and it says that you're prioritizing that. That's a great tip. Don't stop now. Date nights, anniversary trips, mm-hmm. um, seminars, books that you read, devotionals together, a couple, so many things. How about you young guys in your marriage three years in at this point? Any last tips you would want to leave people with? <laughs> I think we're we're still super early on, um, but I think we dated for a really long time because we met really young. So we've been in each other's lives for, I don't know, nine years, mm-hmm. longer than that maybe. Um, and it sounds cheesy, but I mean, there's still moments where I feel the exact same, like that little kid spirit crush, you know, that I had mm, back so then. And that's because Austin pursues me so well. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's times when I don't pursue him well back or he is struggling to pursue me, but just bottom line, like I know we're going to fight for each other. And when you, when you get to operate out of that foundation, these three things, um, just, yeah, they, they set you up really well. Um, that's good. So yeah, I would say just keep radically, radically pursuing each other. Um, yeah, that's good. It's a good word. No, I agree. <laughs> good Ditto. listening, Austin. Good. good listening. That away. <laughs> I know that I would want to to leave everybody. Philippians four eight is one of my favorite kind of go to verses when I think about doing relationships in life well, and it it basically says that we have the ability to choose where we're going to focus our mind and our mm-hmm. energy. And you certainly do when you look at your spouse and your marriage. Or you, you can focus. You can find something. If you want to find something negative or bad or, or hurtful or dangerous about your marriage, you will be able to do it or your spouse's behavior. But in the same way, if you apply that verse and you focus on what's good and true and pure and trustworthy, you're going to be able to find great things in your spouse and great things that they're doing to try to make your marriage work and persevere and ultimately reach the level of fulfillment and the vision that you have. So focus your mind on something great about your spouse this week uh, that they're doing or that they're trying to do and uh, watch how you see that play out and watch what it does in your heart and your effort at loving them and feeling loved by them. It's a pleasure to get to talk about marriage and to be a part of this community. Thanks, Taylor and Austin. Thanks, Christina. Mm-hmm. And you guys Thank have you a great day. Thank you for having us. We've loved it. <laughs>